Hello, it's Monday, July 20th. Welcome to Nichelle Newsletter. Um, I took some notes of what I wanted to talk about. And um, I'm going to start with um, John Lewis. John Lewis passed away over the weekend. I never seen him speak in public. I kept trying to think if I had, but I did see him in public. Um, I actually saw him at the Decatur Book Festival when he was doing a book signing for the um, graphic novel March, which has three parts. But when he was doing um, book signing for the first one, um, it's, uh, it's hard to talk about this because him, as him being one of the youngest um I guess friends and leaders of the civil rights movement, um, the, and then also C.T. Vivian passing away. It, 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 even though some of these things weren't that long ago, uh, 55, 60 years ago, this is when they were freedom riders and we're losing we're losing these people and we're not getting I mean thank goodness that John Lewis um, has three books about his life because I just think that I don't know if there's a book about C.T. Vivian and C.T. Vivian is very important as well in the civil rights era and it's like these stories are getting lost. and We're talking about the men of the civil rights movement. The women, there are no books. They're mentioned briefly. Um, I think I need to see Selma again. I actually, I don't know. I'm assuming it's probably streaming on Netflix because of Ava DuVernay's um, deal with Netflix. I think I need to see um, Selma again. And speaking of Selma, um, at the five years ago, at the 50th anniversary on the March of Selma, um, my mom and I, we went down to Selma. Um, It was, it was insane. I didn't say it was the same because it was so many people. And how that we're in the time of COVID, you're not around so many people. We took a bus down. A lot of place, a lot of people took buses down. A lot of churches like had um, church members going down. We went not with a church, but you know, there's this whole like system of charter buses for small trips, meaning like. Trips that I pay me more, no more than eight hours driving, six hours, three hours. And 
Um, I, I don't know if it was through someone from the Y or someone who knew someone who went to the Y. But anyway, um, we heard about it, and me and my mom, we got up really early on a Sunday, um, crack of dawn. And um, I had made shortbread cookies the night before. So there's a food element. Homemade from scratch shortbread cookies. Um, and I made a whole bunch of them. And I think, because we had a um, bottle of water and maybe some fruit. And we went um, on the bus, but we also went with my mom's friend from church, Miss Payne, who's actually from the Savannah um, Low Country area. She grew up here. And um, we took that. That was March of um, 2015. Obama was still the president. In fact, he spoke. He spoke um, the day before we got there. And he did that march across the Edmund Pettus Bridge on that Saturday. And we went Sunday. Because it was the 50th anniversary, it was things going on probably like for a whole week. Um, so we didn't get a chance to see Obama. But um, once we got down near the um, Edmund Pettus Bridge, with so many people, to the point where, and then I couldn't walk the bridge. I was having like a little um, anxiety um I'm not a big fan of, of heights and bridges, even even if they're structurally sound. I've never walked across the Brooklyn Bridge. So I was I knew the Edmund Paris Bridge wasn't that far. And but if maybe if it wasn't so many people, because it was so many people, like I kinda was like, I'm a little claustrophobic. So I didn't go. I just stood at I s sat around the foot of the bridge and I had my camera and I took a lot of photos of people and did a lot of people watching and there were families and there were churches and church members and um, it was people from all over not just Alabama or Georgia or the south even we I saw I saw um, Asian kids and it was like Asian kids for, I don't know if it was for Black Lives. I don't know what exactly what they said. It might have been for Black Lives because, guys, the Black Lives Matter movement started. It didn't start in 2020. A lot of people almost feel like it has because of what's going on now. But 2014, um, but even before then, before there was a hashtag, there was a movement. So anyway, it was one of those, you know, like people have gone to different events and they remember like, oh, people gone to Woodstock or they went to uh, the March on Washington. Um, what is 1963? I'm not Googling anything before I say it. So I could be wrong, but I believe that was, it was either 63 or 65. Um... This 
this was like uh, something that's kind of like X, X, and X. Ooh. I can't say the word X. Ugh. I'm having an issue today. Um, it's in my memory. It's a big part of my recent memory. I in, I just had a lot of feels. Um, I got a chance to see um, so many people be together. And John Lewis was at the forefront. Like, I didn't see him speak. I knew he was in Selma because he was there that whole time. And I think he was going to speak at something. And we couldn't, we didn't get to, we were supposed to go to one of the churches and then the bus got lost and we missed hearing someone speak. I just, he was there. And I know people want to name the bridge after him and I believe that should happen, but the Voting Rights Act was gutted. Um... While Obama was still in office, but, I mean, it was Supreme Court. But the Voting Rights Act was gutted in, I want to say, between five and seven years ago. Because it's since since I've been back in the South. And I, we got to restore it. You know, people waiting in line to vote. People people not even feeling comfortable that the integrity of their vote would be upheld. So they're waiting in line. They they don't trust absentee ballots. Some of them don't because apparently the current administration doesn't want you to vote by mail. They say it's a bit of a fraud. I mean, at this point, you it's like, do you need to get blood to vote? I mean... I mean, all these things are poll taxes and a poll tax. I mean, they used to give basically citizenship quizzes before you could vote. And then they wouldn't still wouldn't let you vote. And now all you have to do to vote is be 18. Like, you don't even have to have, you don't have to have a driver's license to vote. You have to be 18 and show proof that you're a citizen. And that's it. And then you vote. There's no poll tax. Um, the gutting of the voting rights act is 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 a is a way to to suppress votes from young people, from black people, from Immigrants who who can vote, people of color, from college students, because where they vote may be different from where their permanent residence is. Like the thing of, if you're a resident of the United States, you should be able to vote. Now, honestly, I'm not saying that you don't need to prove residency. I'm just saying that. If you live in Georgia and you want to vote in Georgia for non-local elections, meaning not for a certain county, 
but you wanted to vote for governor. I just feel like another thing that this, the way we vote, it also disenfranchises people who uh, who are homeless, people who don't have a permanent residence. So if If someone lives, even if they live in shelters or halfway houses, but are eligible to vote, but don't have a a um, home residence, but they live in Georgia. They should be able to vote in Georgia for the governor or the president or um, um, the senators. Now, but when it gets to, you know, your um, state legisl- legislator um, or your um, congressman forever district, then yes, proof. Of, I mean, I just feel like there needs to be some kind of tier, and I tier, and then may, maybe it's um. I don't know how they need to do it, but I just feel like there's so many things that are keeping people from voting. And I think if you're eligible to vote, the eligibility requirements have they're they're making them higher and higher. And yet they make so many other things lower and lower. It's so easy. I mean, for you to do, to get a gun. I mean, they don't ask you to recite the Second Amendment to get a law, get a gun. You you don't even have to know that the Second Amendment has to do with the gun. Like, anyway, I'm gonna switch gears here. Um, rest in power to John Lewis and C.T. Vivian. Restore the Voting Rights Act. So I don't know exactly what needs to be done um, Supreme Court-wise because it was decided in the Supreme Court, so it needs to be overturned and, re- and, and, and the Voting Rights Act needs to be back to where it was when it was initially passed. Okay. One other thing that happened this week is I saw Freestyle Love Supreme documentary. I don't know if you know about Freestyle Love Supreme, but Freestyle Love Supreme is a hip-hop improv collective that was started probably about 15 years ago by uh, Lynn manuel Miranda and friends, and friends include people I actually know. Not well, acquaintances, but friends. So I saw the documentary because I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting. And you know what? I went to New York back in October, and I kind of was like, if I I could have maybe tried to splurge, but I didn't know who would want to go with me. And I needed to make sure that I could go. Meaning like, I was like, maybe I should have just got the ticket on my own. And maybe I should have. Um, I mean, if I had planned for it. But then I kind of wanted to allow myself to have some random things happen. when I, I had an itinerary when I was in New York. But 
I was like, if I get a ticket to see Freestyle Love Supreme, I got to be committed to it. I have to make sure I can get there, you know, travel there. I know it was Broadway, but I just, I wanted to. And they they were, they had a short Broadway run and I could have done it. And now I have a tiny bit of regret of not just getting one ticket to go see it by myself. I did not need to go see it with anyone else. I don't need a friend to watch improv with. I've seen it Freestyle Love Supreme ages ago at Ars Nova. Um, I saw Freestyle Love Supreme perform at Mo Pickens, where I used to run a stand-up comedy show called Chicks and Giggles. So the interesting thing about this documentary is like this collective, this brotherhood of these guys, they all, they all, they've all done different things and they've come in and out of each other's lives. But whenever they get together, they'll do this improv and the show that they were doing first at Joe's Pub and then on Broadway for a short spell um, looks similar to what I saw way back when. It's probably way more polished because they've been doing it better um, and doing it for a lot longer. But I, I wish I had seen it. It's kind of like an old friend. <laughs> um, I've seen um, Arthur Lewis perform on his own a few times, probably like half a dozen times. At like play music, Rookwood Music Hall, or um, probably even Mo Pickens, or it's a place in Crown Heights that would have live music. I cannot think of the name of it. Um, I think it was on Franklin. Um, anyway, he's he's got a great voice. I mean, very soulful. Like I think of. I really think of Stevie Wonder. He doesn't look like he would have a Stevie Wonder sound, but he does. He's really good. I think I even have, I think I have one of his CDs. Well, I had it because I moved so much. And I've seen Shockwave perform comedy shows and hip hop. Um, uh, He's been on, he's been in Hip Parade, which is, a cover, a cover show, live show that was done at Joe's Pub with um, Neil Metlin and Kitty Melman and um, Bridget Everett. Um, Shockwaves performed with Bridget and stuff. Um, anyway, the those are the people like Arthur and Shock I've seen perform. On their own, I saw a freestyle Love Supreme perform as a together like at Ars Nova. But like, I've tried to rack my brain. Like, did I ever like meet like shook hands with or whatever, Lynn? And I'm like, I don't know if I did. And and if I did, I just don't remember it because I've seen that before. So I I would think a lot of times what happens is after you you know some of the people who perform, you might stick around afterwards and say hello or whatever. So I would say it's it's a seventy five percent chance I've actually like 
said, you know, hi, my name is Michelle. Hi, my name is Lynn, whatever. I don't know, but I'm just saying it's a good chance. I mean, I'm saying all this to say is like this man, Lynn Manuel Miranda is huge now. Huge, huge, huge. Like one of the most famous people, at least on Twitter, but like seriously, Brad, when it comes to who's in them, as far as I listen to Who Weekly, he is a, he's a, definitely a Broadway them. He is, um, I mean, he did Mary Poppins. I think he might be a Hollywood them, although he's mostly a Broadway them. He may be a little hooey on the Hollywood side, but once In the Heights comes out next year, I think he'll be full on them, not a who. Um, anyway, that doesn't. I mean, like what? I'm not like some kind of um, Forrest Gump, like just stumbling in the history and stuff like that. I mean, I was doing my own thing, which was running a show called Chicks and Giggles, all all female stand up comedy show. It just so happens that where I did my show and where they did their show was in the same venue, and we knew some of the same people. That's about it. But go watch the um, documentary. It is on Hulu. Um, I really enjoyed it. It kind of just, I reminisce of the early aughts and just how people used to just like, let's just do this. Let's just put together a show. It was very like um, DIY and at that point, there were places, there were venues that were okay. Like, you want to do a show, do a show. They didn't really ask you if you could bring a crowd. Because um, sometimes there were not crowds at the shows I ran. There were not a lot of people there. But um, they're like, give us a space. If you have a voice, you just want a space. You want a space for your voice. And, I mean, that's, I guess, a good way to to wrap up this podcast episode is we all have voices, and but we don't all have spaces to amplify our voices. So when, we, when people talk about platforms, there's the physical flat platform of a stage, like doing stand-up comedy or improv or public speaking. But then there's the virtual platform of a Twitter, a blue check Twitter account, uh, an Instagram with thousands and tens of thousands and even millions of followers. Um, Those platforms matter a lot. So the onus is on the people with the platforms that can reach so many people to have some integrity and be be mindful of what you add to your platform, what you say from your platform. Like, you need to do your research. Yes, I'm talking off the cuff here on my podcast platform where only about 10 people might listen to it. 
but I try to be responsible. I may get a date wrong, but if it was something of a information um, loaded um, opinion, I guess, I'm going to do my research before I start talking. Um, and if and if I did say something that was substantially um, incorrect, factually incorrect, I would definitely um, do some kind of retraction on the podcast, on Twitter, or whatever. So what I'm saying is, if you have a platform, be responsible with your platform. Um, have some t- integrity with what you're saying. Um, but don't let that stifle your voice because it should not. If you have integrity, if you're being authentic, then that should not be a problem. So let's, let's, um, let's amplify voices and let's create spaces for people, whether they're talking about hip-hop, stand-up comedy, civil rights let's 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 keep these voices i mean john lewis he was 23 when he walked across um the bridge the edmund pettus bridge so another thing about these voices they can come from really young people i think about those kids who um who um Oh gosh, I can't even think of what, when it was the the school shooting in Florida. How those young kids for a few months, but now it's gotten really quiet. Well, schools aren't open, but still, even before then, how they amplified their voices against uh, gun violence. I mean, they they tried, they advocated a lot, and so many people piled on. They were like, what do these kids know? They're 16, 17 years old. They're only a little bit younger than John Lewis when he was marching across that bridge. We can't, we can't dismiss voices because they come from people much younger than you. If these voices are saying the right things, we need to pay attention to them. We need to amplify their voices. We need to encourage them. Cause they're so young. They're 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 naive enough that they're like, mm, maybe someone will listen to me before they get to be middle aged and been tamped down so long that they're like, uh, nobody cares what I say. I don't think that's true. I care what I say, but what I'm saying is We have to support young voices and lift them up. Keep that same energy when you're 21 to when you're 41. I mean, hopefully you have that energy, but you gain wisdom over 20 years or 80 years as John Lewis lived. I'm just saying, like, don't dismiss the young. And then don't dismiss the old when they have some wisdom that can be imparted onto you. Because 
I can't, I I mean, I said I was going to end the podcast, but I could not for the, 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 the John Lewis slander. It's okay to critique someone's work. Fine. But to not see what his work did so that someone could actually critique them on Twitter 50 some years later like if if it wasn't for him you wouldn't be able to do that and I could understand maybe you didn't think some people might not think he wasn't progressive enough or he defended people that you didn't think needed to be defended I get it I get it but you should relish in the fact that you even have this opportunity because so many people died so that you could have the opportunity to critique, you know, a leader. It's hard. I mean, I would say hero, but oh, the word hero is so loaded because we're humans humans first. John Lewis would probably say he's a human. Not a hero. I don't know other than actual superheroes and superhero films. I don't know anyone who would be considered a hero wants to be called a hero. I mean, unless you're actually talking about a sandwich. Oh, what was that? Wasn't that that, um, in that book, that movie, whatever, A Hero Ain't Nothing About a Sandwich. I believe so, with Lawrence Fishburne. Okay, all right. I didn't start out talking about Lawrence Fishburne, so I'm just saying, I'm not saying this whole game full circle. I'm just saying I I, I pulled in something different. Um, But I'm going to leave you with this. I haven't seen the John Lewis documentary I kind of wish I had seen him before he passed because I think now if I see it, I'm gonna, it's gonna be tears. I'm gonna be real sad. So I'm not quite ready to see it. Um, but I do suggest you watch um, a Freestyle Love Supreme documentary. Um, it'll make you, um, I just felt like that was a way to, I felt like inspired by their creativity and. And just, you know, sometimes you just want to do stuff for fun and it's creative. And just do that and not always see it as like, oh, I'm doing this to make money or to get famous. Because they did not start that freestyle love supreme to get famous. Fame happened, but that nucleus of let's, let's do something fun and creative and Yeah. Anyway, have a wonderful week.